episode 56, Sunday, November 25th, 2012. Oh, my turkey. It's time for the XJ Talk Show. Now, here's my two favorite boys, Tony and Josh. <laughs> Welcome back. It's a uh, another Sunday, and it's time for the XJ Talk Show. It's uh, me and uh, Josh. Say hello, Josh. I'm here. Hello, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we both survived uh, Thanksgiving. At, at least I believe we did. You're, you showing up here kind of is an indicator of that, but we'll find out more about that here in a minute. Uh, tonight, we for our live uh, audience uh, on uh, Ustream, you can see both Josh and I in the uh, the video stream. Oh joy! And uh, just switching over to that now. There's me and Josh live. Unless you're listening to this recorded, then it it was once live, but now it's dead. So Josh. How did uh, Thanksgiving go? Uh, I know you told us last time you're the cook. I uh, I am. I was, and I continue to be uh, the <laughs> king king chef almighty. And uh, and it actually went well uh, this year. I did my first brine. I brined my first turkey. I started uh, early, early the night before. And uh, as uh, as you may have heard, uh, the last broadcast or last show, uh, it was a 21 and a half, uh, yeah, just under 22 pounds uh, of a bird. That's a lot of bird, and I brined that big bad boy in a in a big cooler that I have, and uh, brined it overnight and into the morning. And I woke up uh, about eight o'clock uh, Thanksgiving morning, took that thing out, started uh, started uh, slathering it with butter and spices, and, and got it all cleaned up in uh, in my roasting pan and in the oven. And it roasted half the day, uh, and it turned out absolutely delicious. What did the that was- what does the brine do it for? I've I've seen that before and I forget. Okay, so some of the some of the turkeys out there, like the the butterballs, uh, Foster Farms, whatever, um, they they come with like a six to twelve percent saline solution, a a, a a salt water solution that is pumped and injected into the meat um, to help preserve moisture. Now this is obviously rather artificial and and. Um, you really can't. You really don't know what you're getting there. I, I personally, I go with the organic free-range turkeys, and uh, uh, they they have a little bit better, a deeper of a flavor. I think. Well, the brine is kind of like like that. Um, what the factories do, the big factories, except um, you can add other things like you know garlic and um, some other flavors, and I added a little bit of bourbon and brown sugar as well. Uh, nothing too crazy, not a whole lot, but it's, again, it's a heavy salt water bath that the turkey just marinates in. And that salt um, and the salt water kind of soaks into the bird a little bit. And as you roast it, not only do you get some more juices for some really good gravy, uh, but a lot of that moisture is retained during the cooking process. Uh, so you end up with a, when your bird is done and cooked, a very, very moist meat. Well, I have to get uh, tell the wife about that. We'll have to check that out because we're going to be doing another turkey dinner on uh, Christmas. So um, that might be worth uh, 
it might happen because I rem- might remember it basically because it's it's not that <laughs> far off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, um, it, it helps if the turkey is already thawed and you got to, um, since you're doing it usually in a cooler or something big enough to handle a bird and a bunch of fluid, um, usually use an ice water solution. Right. So a, a ton of ice in there as well because you don't want bacterial growth to start uh, with room temperature water and a, and a big old bird in there. Yeah, well, I mean, she had it soaking, and uh, she actually picked up a five, one of those five-gallon uh, buckets that uh, contractors use. Uh, got one from uh, from Lowe's, I think. So she used that to actually defrost the turkey uh, in uh, you know icy water. Uh, yep. Got it several days prior. You know, gets gets the turkey several days prior to Thanksgiving, and then right. defrost it. So you know, I, I would assume she could just do the brine at that point. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a good bet, and you know, you can do it for. You know, as little as 12 hours and as much as, I think, a couple of days uh, in advance sitting in that brine. Um, I don't know if you want to go any more than that. Uh, I think a couple of days is, is more than enough. Yep. So well, mine turned out great. I uh, had some great um, great gravy made out of the drippings and stuff like that. Bird turned out great. Um, had some really good wine uh, with the meals that I found. And, um, and everything turned out really good with one exception. I forgot the mashed potatoes. <laughs> wow. I I completely dropped the ball. I was focused on on so much other stuff and I finally I got everything on the table and everything looks so beautiful and I sit down at the table and I start dishing myself up and I realize oh crap, something's missing. And sure enough, it was the mashed potatoes. And I couldn't I couldn't believe I had done that. Well, now you there was turkey and dressing though. There was turkey dressing. I make my uh, I make my stuffing from scratch, and uh, st- uh, scratch is I, I I put a lot of effort into the stuffing because it's a, it's a big player on the table. Exactly, and so you had turkey and dressing, and you had gravy, right? Oh yes. Well, you had the the three main food groups, so that would yep. be okay. I mean, yeah, I would be disappointed. There's no potatoes there, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody kind of gave me some uh, gave me some hard times for that, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to live that one down until next year. We'll see how that plays out. <laughs> and Carves just said in the XJ Talk Chat, while wow, animated mug shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bite me, Carves. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it was <laughs> just, so, just so we're not going to give Julia Childs or a Martha Stewart a, ride for, a run for their money, let's uh, switch over to some Jeep stuff. I uh, I absolutely have done nothing to my Jeep, but I do plan on uh, uh, putting the uh, the high flow uh, thermostat, high flow 195 uh, high flow thermostat, a high flow water pump, and uh, the uh, dirt bound off road three fan and electric shroud set up. All that tomorrow. So, I mean, it kind of all goes together anyway. I have to take uh, take a lot of stuff out of there to put the fans in. I could just uh, just put the fan in, but I think it would be a good time to to do the other stuff at the same time. So no, you had some, uh, some, uh, I don't know if I call it trials and tribulations, but you had some, some Jeep activity, didn't you? Yeah. I, uh, I had a buddy's Jeep in the garage for, uh, the better part of, uh, let's see, what was that? That was uh Friday. And, um, he came over, he had a, a leaky axle seal in, in, uh, his Dana 30 on his Cherokee. He's got a 99 as well. He's got about a six and a half inch lift. I'm going to say 35, 1250s on there. Some Kevlar's, um, decent, decent setup. He's locked up front and rear. Uh, just put on an onboard air compressor, onboard air system in that, and um, it's a nice Jeep. 
nice and clean. Uh, I got some fender flares and stuff, and it's an automatic, and and it's uh, kind of the big brother to mine, so to speak. But uh, he um, he bought it uh, just as is. He only put like 200 miles on the thing. He had some really bad death wobble issues when he first got it. Um, there's some driveline issues, and so he's been trying to get the kinks worked out with that. And um, then he noticed he finally got it where it was drivable on the street above 30 miles an hour. And um, uh, he took it up for a wheeling trip, uh, sort of a, you know, kind of a break-in break in run. And uh, he, when he got home, he noticed that the axle was leaking. He had an axle seal that was leaking. So um, I, I myself have done that a few times, so I, I kind of knew what to do and, and how to take care of it and stuff. So I told him, to, I was like, all right, these are the parts you're going to need. Uh, this is, you know, everything, you know, here's your shopping list. Go get it. When you're done, uh, let me know, and, and we'll set up a, a date and time to, uh, to get this handled. So uh, he he's got an ARB compressor up in the front of his Dana 30, and um, I was I was a little bit worried about pulling that thing out because I didn't know how it was shimmed. And although I've got a gauge, um, a backlash gauge, uh, I've never done gear setup before, and you know I I know I know the steps, but I don't know if I, what I'm doing is 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 right. And if I'm doing it on somebody else's vehicle, I'd I'd honestly I'd rather take it to a shop to do gear setup and stuff. So, um, I, uh, I have a trusted friend, uh, who actually just joined xjtalk.com here recently. Um, uh, shout out to crazy moose and, um, had him come over cause he's really familiar with ARBs and how they're set up, um, in the front in the Dana thirties. So I had him come over to do some, um, supervising and, uh, we, we got that, um, we got the, the front axle up in the air, uh, got the, um, got the wheels pulled, uh, got the rotors pulled, uh, calipers, all that. Pulled out the axle shaft, started um, loosening up the bolts on the um, on the differential cover, and uh, started draining out the fluid. And I got a little, you know collection pan that I had set up in there, and the fluid was draining. And the first thing I noticed was there's a little bit too much silver in that fluid. And uh, I mean, I'm looking at that, I was like, that's that's not break-in fluid. That's that's metal in that differential fluid that was coming out of that Dana 30. So you know, instant red flag comes up. All right, you know, what are we getting into here? And, um, so we drained all the fluid out, um, marked the caps, pulled the caps, um, the, uh, the carrier and the ARB, uh, all came out relatively easily. And, um, we're looking in there and the slinger on that's behind the, the pinion gear on the front of the, on the front of that carrier, on the front of the housing was just chewed to all get out. Um, and we don't, we didn't know if it was from something prior, the previous owner had, you know, had the, the the third member there blow up or something, and, and that's why they ended up putting the ARB in there. I, I, we don't know. So regardless, there was a lot of metal shavings in that uh, in that Dana 30. And um, there we didn't find any big chunks of metal. I think the biggest one in there was about the size of like a grape nut, you know. And um, so I start cleaning things up, uh, put, the, put the ARB off to the side, start cleaning things up. And as I'm spraying everything down and getting that excess... Um, excess gear fluid out of the, out of the differential. I noticed, I start wiping some, I wiping things down. I noticed a couple big chunks in there and I, I started, there's some, there's some divots in the front side of the Dana 30, um, housing. Oh, good. And, and I, and I kind of get my fingers down in there and pull out two bolts. Ah. He had two loose bolts that had come out of his ARB that, uh, that whole held, and I, I'm like I said, I'm not super familiar with the, how the ARBs are all put together and the parts that are uh, that make them up. But 
two of the smaller bolts that hold the two halves of it together um, had come out. Yep. And the retaining clips that sit underneath of them um, were also missing. All of the retaining clips that were around around those uh, those smaller bolts were all installed backwards. Uh, it, it was just a complete cluster F. And so uh, we got everything cleaned up as best we could. Um, got his new got his old seals out, put his new seals in. Um, that all went you know flawlessly, and uh, got everything buttoned up and back together. Put the ARB, put the put one of the two small bolts back in. Lock, took all of the others out, um, put the retaining clips back in the way they should go, Loctited everything, and basically what he's going to end up having to do is... Um, uh, oh, the other thing we noticed was uh, the the little collar that sits on the one side that has the copper airline that goes into it, That uh, the copper airline, somebody had either broken or had pulled it out of that collar and tried to epoxy it in. And so uh, I don't understand how that that locker worked to begin with, um, because there it would obviously have not sealed, and, and air would have just leaked right through there, and the locker wouldn't have worked properly. So I um, uh, we tried soldering that that back on, uh, and that didn't work. I tried flux to try and get the solder to to draw in there. Nothing. I was you know trying to basically sweat that copper pipe to that collar, and. It didn't work. So what he's gonna he's gonna happen to do is is buy one of those uh, collars brand new, uh, put that in, have the ARB re re backlashed, uh, have those gears set back up properly. Um, I mean he's looking at you know probably three or four hundred dollar repair uh, just to, and all this was just because he had a leaky axle seal. Now we you know we opened that up and found a can of worms. So so my condolences to his Dana thirty because <laughs> it's it's. He's at least drivable at this point, and he has three-wheel drive, but uh, that ARB is going to be far from working for a while. Now, that would be, let's see if I, if I remember this right. I think that's an RD100 um, for the Dana 30. They had two models. ARB had two models. They had the older uh, RD100, and I think they had the newer RD101. I think I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, whenever I don't know if you recall whenever I got my wonderful deal on ebay i bought a um uh, an eight and a quarter um arb air locker for 500 bucks yeah i remember you got a screaming deal on that yeah i really did and uh when it but when it got delivered it wasn't for an eight and a quarter it was for a, a dana 30 so uh and to make matters worse i mean i have a dana 30 so that that's good but that's not what i thought i was getting and i i'm of the camp that thinks you ought to lock the rear first but I thought worst case is if this is some sort of scam, at least I have something I can use. Well, when I looked into it, no, I can't because it was for the 354 and uh, numerically uh, lower gear ratio. So unless I wanted to go back to 355 gears, uh, <laughs> it wasn't going to work on my uh, my Dana 30. So anyway, I did some research on it just just because I was researching it, looking at worst case what worst case scenario what I got. And uh, I read quite a few things about bolts backing out uh, of the uh, older model Dana 30 ARBs. And, it's and not, what, that's what he has. He has, um, thanks to our buddy that showed up that knew more than we did about ARBs, he, he determined that it was the first generation or the yeah. earlier generation of those ARBs. Now, there's a way that you can fix that. Is, I, I guess from what you're saying, the ARB's dead. 
Well, that I, that collar is replaceable. Uh, where the brass line goes in um, into that collar, right? Uh, that that is replaceable, and I think it's it's. We looked it up, and it's 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 under fifty bucks. Yeah, I was gonna say it seems like fifty bucks because the the one I have, the copper line is kind of mashed. It's not completely flat, but it's kind of mashed. Yeah, luckily the 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 line was fine, but where it, it's pre and I think it's just pressed into into that collar. I don't know if it's or if it's somehow uh, soldered or or otherwise welded in there. Um, but it was able to just pull right out, and obviously had at some point previously because somebody had tried to epoxy it on, and and of oh. course in the rigors of a of a differential, that's that's not going to last very long, and and it sure didn't because it just fell right out. You know, for as for as inexpensive as those things are. Of course, it could have been a daily driver too, and somebody needed to go to work the next day, and they were just trying to do the best they could do. And yeah. uh, you know, if they had <laughs> going up the ramp at work, <laughs> probably didn't require a locker. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and that's uh, you know, we at least put everything back together and and rechecked the backlash and everything, and and uh, and got them back on the road. And I had them do a you know test drive up and down the block really quick and make sure that nothing's howling or whining or anything like that. And and. Uh, you know, so at least at least he's drivable and he could wheel with it, but he just wouldn't be able to engage that front locker. You can turn on the uh, turn turn on that solenoid, nothing's going to happen. It's just going to start blowing bubbles in his differential fluid. <laughs> right. So the ring and pinion uh, looked okay. Yeah, oddly enough, and and I'm really surprised because with as much metal it was in there, what I think would happen is when that that thing had that one of the, those two bolts had backed out and. And I don't know if it had happened with this setup or not, but the, honestly, we, we looked over all the ring and pinion teeth, and there was not a single chunk, scratch, or anything. Well, that's so that, that's great. that thing, I think, just it had bounced around on the outside of the ARB, and and it had gotten maybe lodged in between that and the sling. I mean, honestly, I don't know how the ring and pinion gears didn't get chewed up because with as much metal that was in there, and and with uh, and one of those screws was chewed up pretty good, and that's why we didn't we didn't install it. Um, but with two bolts floating around in that differential, I don't understand how that that thing just didn't completely grenade. Well, I mean, uh, I, you've been following Wayne uh, Cantab twenty seven his uh, his uh, problems with his Dana thirty, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit here and there, and uh, I mean that's that's another one that's you know it would have me stumped. Well, I mean, I, I just really feel for him. I mean, I know that that was. Uh, he took that TJ out and was doing it, uh, using it for uh, kind of what it was uh, purchased and designed for. Uh, but my goodness, he really messed that thing up. It's it's a shame too because he was looking at uh, uh, putting in a a locker, an ox locker locker in the front to uh, make it stronger. And uh, you know, since it's broken, let's let's make it better. And uh, now he found out that the housing is bent, so he's got to do even more work to it. Yeah, so, so I'm, ours, just, um, I'm just saying it could have been a lot worse. Oh yeah, well it can always be a lot worse um, for sure. I mean, luckily that everything the ARB is salvageable. The ring and pinion is is fine. Uh, there's no cracks. There's no teeth missing. There's no chunks gone or anything like that. So um, you know he's there, there's a silver lining to all this, and at least we got him back on the road driving. And and he could. I mean, let's you know say a foot of snow fell tonight. Uh, he. Well, well, but dang it, um, he could put it in a four wheel drive and, and, and make his way around town. So, um, at least he's got a usable vehicle that, that still has four wheel drive, at least in some regard. What gear, uh, gear ratio is he running? Yeah, that's unknown. That was a question that we, we were, um, we were asking ourselves around as well. So he's going to try and get in touch with the previous owner and, and find that out just to know. 
But well, I, mean, I imagine with 35s, I haven't driven his driven his Jeep personally. Um, I, I could probably tell if I got it up on the freeway. Um, but with 35s, I imagine he's got to be running 456s at the very least. You would think so. Um, but uh, let's see. What was I going to ask? Oh, uh, you can actually tell by uh, if you uh, got the model number of the locker. Um, well, yeah, because it'll have the, 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 ring, the ring gear size um, on there. It'll be, well, it'll be able to tell whether or not it's, it's 456 and higher. Um, but he may be running 488s in there. I don't know. Mm, I think you'd, I think you'd know it. 456s on 35s would put you back to almost, almost stock, uh, almost stock gearing. So it, as long as he's running the, the same transfer case and everything else, uh, transmission hasn't been changed at all. But, um, so it would be, uh, it would have a lot of power, uh, basically, uh, for, for anything that had large tires on it. If you're not used to gears. I love mine. I love my 456s, although I think it's probably cost me some uh, some gas mileage. Yeah, I uh, I really need to regear. Uh, that's that's one thing that that is a constant nagging, especially since it's my daily driver. That's um, it's been on my on my radar for for quite a while. It's just it's such such a a, a massive expense, uh, and it's not a not nothing like a uh, like a winch bumper. It's not sexy. It's not instant you know appeal. It's something that's hidden and you don't really notice all that. Exactly. Mean, you'll notice the difference when you're driving, but it is a lot of money and a lot of effort for yeah. something that is not, uh, what you would call what, the, what, what you kids today would call bling. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely it's, lacking bling. It's just like a, uh, a, a, a SYE. Um, you know, you know, it's there. It's going to feel better when you're driving. Uh, you're probably not going to be chewing up, uh, universal joints. But damn it, nobody's gonna see it. All you'll all you'll get to do is be on some forum somewhere and go, yeah, I have an SYE on mine. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Because uh, it's not gonna show up anywhere. You know, especially that nice Tom Woods drive shaft that I have underneath there. That thing is beautiful. Yeah, those are <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've got a. Uh, I've actually got a rear main seal um, that I the project that I've been meaning to do for quite some time now. Uh, again, it's not it's not leaving spots on the driveway. It's not smoking when I'm sitting at a stoplight. It's just barely seeping. So it's a, it's something that I need to do. And I've got, I've got a, you know, one piece oil pan gasket and I've got the, uh, the two piece rear main seal, um, all ready to go. It's just something that I, I haven't, I haven't done just because it's, again, it, it doesn't have that bling factor. <laughs> you know, I was going to check with, uh, with Wayne on this. Um, but, uh, I was going to ask him what kind of, uh, diff cover he had on that Dana 30 before it, uh, blew up on him. Uh, what kind of diff cover does your friend have on his Dana 30? Well, actually he, um, it was stock when we, the one we pulled off and we ended up putting a rough stuff, uh, diff cover Excellent. on there, which Holy cow, those things are beef. My gosh. Yes. I I've been, you know, I have one on mine and that's exactly where I was going with this because I've actually heard of the, the little housings, especially when you're locked deforming and causing oh. it to pull the, pull the, the, the ring pulls away from the, the pinion and, um, it can cause, you know, chunks to come out of the ring. Well, the inside of his stock uh, cover was, I'm going to say flawless. I mean, it, it definitely didn't have any gouges or chunks missing out of it. Uh, it was shiny from all that, you know, metal fluid floating around and, and <laughs> sloshing around in there. Yeah, the the abrasive effect. No, yeah, but it no, had I, nice sheen I don't, to it. <laughs> I, don't know that it, I don't know that the housing would stay deformed. I think that under high torque, it can uh, distort. And then that distortion can cause the ring to separate from the pinion uh, and then cause damage and then when it's not under torque 
I think it kind of goes back. So there's, there's flexing there, even though it's metal. And uh, yeah, I was going to say that that uh, there, I know there's several manufacturers of diff covers out there that are very nice, much much better than stock. But uh, that's one of the reasons why I got the 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 rough cover, the rough rough stuff. There we go. I want to say rough country. The rough stuff diff cover is because it's so thick and it's bent and uh, it's it's like molded instead of being welded. Uh, they bend as much as they can before they weld it. It was it's great. Yeah. So did did uh, did you put the one on there that had the countersink uh, countersunk screw uh, holes? No, these weren't countersunk. Uh, they were they were just flat. I mean, there was there were cutouts in the welds where um, you know the the bolts would would sit, but it wasn't it wasn't countersunk or counterboard. Okay. And we actually ended up having to to make an emergency run up to uh, Home Depot. I've got one close by, luckily enough, for some hardware because the factory. And uh, hey, heads up, everybody. If you buy a rough stuff diff, diff cover, you're going to have to buy some hardware because <laughs> uh, the the factory bolts are not long enough to go through that big uh, chunk of metal. Ah, interesting. See, I got the um, uh, when I got the countersunk countersunk option, it came with uh, Allen uh, head bolts. Oh, okay. So all I had to do is I didn't do anything to mine except install it. Yeah, lucky he uh, he ended up. Going with some uh, some nice button head Allens, um, which which looked really nice, and they they sit nice and low profile. So uh, end up I'm buttoning up really nice. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, that sounds like you. Uh, it, you know, and also too, it's nice to help help a buddy out, but it's a great learning experience for yourself. Um, it's not something that you're having to to depend upon. Plus, you're learning from it, so it's a it's kind of a win win. It's good that you got him uh, back on the road though. Well, yeah, and uh, he learned a lot too. I mean, this is—he's never—he's never torn apart an axle before like that. So um, I, I try to involve him as much as possible. I was doing a lot of the work uh, because we kind of wanted to move things along, um, but you know, I had him help you know when and where it was appropriate and make sure that you know I was explaining things as we went along. And and uh, and our buddy that was there as well, of course, had a lot of invaluable information to to help us out along the way as well. Yep, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting my uh, my ARB installed. Um, of course, I need to do several other things before I can take it back off road. But uh, I mean, I guess I could probably get away with but uh, get get away with it. But I did that once before. Took it out before I was uh, really ready, and uh, that's how I wound up denting the uh, the rocker panel. That's not going to happen again. But <laughs> but uh, there's there's so many other things that could happen. Uh, luckily on my Jeep, the previous owner uh, put some dents in the rocker panels for me. Uh, so uh, that was one of the first things I, I did uh, in my build was get some armor put on it. And and so although it doesn't hide those dents much, um, at least they, it will prevent anything from happening to make it worse. Well, I don't know how, how worried you're con- or how concerned you are about the, the dents, but I just got one of those, uh, and I forget the exact name, but I call it a, uh, a stud welder basically where it just uh, arcs the little uh, copper uh, pegs into the metal and then mm-hmm. you can use a, a slide hammer to, to pull it out. Now, something that I, somebody told me after I had gone through all that work and put about 50 or 60 of those little studs on there and, and, and pulled and pulled for a couple of hours, uh, I didn't even think about it. I should have heated the metal. I mean, I was uh, sanding it down anyway so that the, uh, so there would be bare metal for me to weld to. Uh, I should have just uh, put a little heat on there and it probably would have come out better. But anyway, uh, the, 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 the thing that I was most concerned about was getting that, 
uh, diamond plate over the top of it, and I just needed enough of it pulled out so that it would uh, uh, appear to be a good rocker panel, uh, one that wasn't dented. And it's just a dent. It wasn't like there was a hole in it or anything. It just I just dented the hell out of it. Yeah, mine's the same way. It looks like uh, like somebody had. I'm going to assume that they had tried to put a jack underneath of it or something. I I don't know because oh, I mean no. it was it was bone stock when I got it, so I don't think they had done any any wheeling with it. I mean, it had some uh, Yokohama Geolander, you know, all terrains on it that were relatively new, um, you know. But they, jeez, uh, I think they were two sixty fives. You, I don't I don't think they were, um, you know, they they were stocks. They were small tires. So, you know, and it was, it was like a little college girl that I bought it from. So, you know, I, I can't imagine she was doing anything in the rocks <laughs> with that thing. So, you know, I, that's the only thing I could think of is, is somebody put a jack underneath there or, or something and, and, and tried to jack it up uh, like that and didn't have it on the pinch seam or it fell off on the, of the pinch seam and got up on the rocker panel. I don't know. I mean, either way, water under the bridge and, and, uh, uh, but I like that diamond plate idea. I might have to steal that from you. Well, you know, and if you don't like diamond plates, and, and a lot of people don't, um, just regular, uh, well, gosh, what would it be? Not one eighth, uh, not one sixteenth, somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, I mean, you just use a rivet gun and a uh, and and the metal and cut it to, to match. Of course, Warrior Products has that, and and as long as you're not running uh, bushwhacker flares like I am, then it, they should fit. Uh, I didn't see any reason to spend one hundred and fifty dollars for something I was going to have to cut up and trim. So well, I've got. I've got Warrior Products uh, rock bars on on my Cherokee. Those are the uh, the rock rails I have, and they actually have uh, two cut in diamond plate steps in the rock bars that are sort of recessed in into those rails. Uh, so the diamond plate would sort of tie in uh, theme wise with uh, with everything that's going on down there. So yeah, and of course you know mine goes all the way up to where the uh, the molding is on the side of the door, and you don't have to do that. I think it kind of looks cool that way, but. Uh, you could just do the rockers, but it's nice to have that additional protection up, up high. Although with, uh, with any sliders, the only thing you'd be protecting, uh, from, from rocks and things would be, uh, I guess, I guess you could still protect from, from brush and tree limbs and, uh, and stuff like that. But I, I think the main thing would be door dings because they're going to be hitting the, uh, the diamond plate instead of the, the, the sheet metal. Well, you know, our Jeeps are, are you know, our doors are up so high. <laughs> you know, I think they're up past the midpoint of uh, of most, uh, you know, luxury cars or, or four-door sedans. Uh, Even trucks. Oh, yeah. It's the, it's the big trucks uh, that you got you don't park next to. So uh, what, what's out, what else is going on with you? I mean, you did, you've done this, uh, the Jeep thing. I've, I've mentioned the Jeep stuff I'm going to be doing. Uh, you got anything else to talk about before we move along to the, the next item? Well, you know, um, as you folks can see, I've got a webcam now, so I'm going to be um, I'm in, I'm in, entered the next level of uh, of the broadcast for the podcast, as it, as it were. So uh, now you guys can finally see my ugly mug, uh, and so I've got pictures of myself up on my build thread. So it's not like this is new to anybody, but for the folks in the uh, in the chat room that are joining us live uh, for for the live broadcast every Sunday at 10 p.m. Central Time, uh, you guys can get a chance to to see me. Yep, we've but, uh, got uh, we've got the dual images up now, and uh, amazed at how fast you got the uh, the the webcam up and going. Not necessarily from a technical standpoint, but just from uh, from gear. I I really didn't want you to have to invest a lot of uh, a lot of money into uh, technical electronics uh, to to do this, Josh. Well, Tony, I gotta I gotta be honest. Um, after after Thanksgiving dinner, I um 
and everybody after everybody left, I, I kind of toddled off to bed and uh, I woke up at four o'clock Friday morning and and uh, and ventured out for the uh, for the Black Friday stuff. you're just a big old amongst the masses. You're just a big old woman, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, got, I had to get some shopping done, and I'm uh, let me let me tell you guys. I'm a cheap bastard. I am a miser. <laughs> well, Let me t- I can I can so, handle the cheap bastard a lot better than. Oh my! I just got to get out there for Black Friday. I mean, good uh, God! Oh, hey, I, I, w- I wasn't doing any apron shopping, so <laughs> <laughs> I got to set the record straight. <laughs> no, so I um I went out and one of the places I ended up at was uh was a place called uh, Office Depot or Office Max. One of those two. It's, yeah, I always you know, get those confused. Office supply store, uh, regardless. And, um, and they had, uh, not only did they have the black Friday thing going on, which I was going there for one particular item regardless, uh, but they had this big clearance table, this big, uh, table full of stuff, uh, that was on clearance. So, um, I got something about 60, 70% off of what normal retail was. Uh, and one of those things was a webcam. The other thing was a one terabyte USB 3.0 hard drive, uh, which will be coming in very handy for my DJing type stuff. So. Nice upgrade as far as memory goes there. Uh, so, I, you know, I, it was one of those deals I couldn't pass up. It was something that I was looking at doing anyways uh, because of, you know, the podcast and everything. And I wanted to, uh, to sort of be a part of that on in this level. Um, but I saw the deal and I was like, perfect. Timing was perfect. Uh, the price was perfect. So I picked it up. Excellent. Well, happy, I, happy to do it. I sure appreciate it because I think it, uh, it, it really gives the show a little more uh, oomph, a little more quality to it. And, uh, uh, and this is the first time I've seen you. I don't think I've ever seen on your build thread. Uh, if, if I did, I don't recall. And, uh, I remember when I first saw you, when you called in tonight on Skype, uh, I'm thinking, uh, Hey, there's Wolfman Jack. <laughs> yeah. I even got a little, uh, salt and pepper in there. You guys can't, I probably can't see it in this, but, uh, I got a little, little gray in the beard here than the, well, this, I, this I didn't notice that. It's just kind of the whole, he's, you know, Wolfman Jack had that whole thing. Of course he had the long hair. And, uh, man, what a voice. That was an interesting voice. I never did see the, uh, and no offense to any Wolfman Jack fans out there, but, uh, I never did see what the big deal with he, with him was, but but, he kind of had that, that raspy. He was kind of, kind of down and dirty like that. That's it. That's exactly (laughs) it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, actually I think, uh, you know, we had spoke about it in the past. I, I don't think we did, uh, did this last show. So I want to take the opportunity to do something that I, I, I think was fun. I thought it was fun for me. I think you enjoyed it, Josh. You guys will have to let us know if, uh, if you find it interesting. But the, uh, the old uh, what did, uh, <laughs> what did, what did uh, the people buy on Amazon.com segment, uh, that's a mouthful, yeah, that's isn't it? That's right. <laughs> so I thought we would take a moment. You know, I guess we need to come up with a segment name, Josh. I, I really didn't think about that uh, overly. I was thinking more about uh, – uh, the, the funny stuff, uh, the interesting and funny stuff that people are buying on amazon.com. Yeah. And I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to spend some time here in the studio and maybe even get a little intro set up for that so we can make this, uh, you know, an official segment with an intro and, and, uh, some tr- production value behind it as well. Uh, but I think that'll, I think that'll be, I'll be, Hey, you know what we should do? We should create a thread up on xjtalk.com, uh, and get some, um, some, uh, some listener input. See if you guys can't give us some ideas as far as what we should call this segment of the show. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a real good idea. Yep. Uh, don't, and don't be surprised. It's so funny. We've got so many members on xjtalk.com. Don't be surprised if nobody says a damn thing. Yeah, I know. 
Come on, you guys, get get involved. They, it's funny too because my my initial feeling was is that hey, they're just not interested. That's why nobody nobody says anything. And and it's just something that uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just not Jeep related or I don't know what it is. But there's lots of people there, and they they will comment on things. They just don't seem to to get involved in that thing. But we'll, we'll give it a shot and, and see. I could always uh, <laughs> I could always be wrong. So. Well, we got somebody uh, participating in the chat. And folks, if you guys want to participate while we're doing the show live, uh, you guys got to go to Ustream and, uh, and and join in on the fun. We have a, a chat that goes live with the show as we broadcast. And uh, and you can uh, get in there and throw some ideas like what Brazcats did uh, right now, sh- uh, throwing out his idea, <laughs> participating with the show. Thank you, Brazcats, for the shopping list of shame. <laughs> it's not necessarily a shame. I mean, there's some there's oh. some decent things on here. And I, and I think we got some we got some good stuff uh, for you this time. Tony and I were talking a little bit before uh, before we g- began the broadcast, um, uh, and uh, I think there was some stuff on there that actually might be sort of Jeep related, kind of. Uh, but we we put it out there for you guys. Um, I think we we played a promo in one of the last couple couple podcasts where you know the weirder the better. And <laughs> and of course, if you guys go to Amazon.com through the banner on the homepage of XJTalk.com. You click on that banner, it'll take you to X, uh, to Amazon, and uh, anything you buy there, um, you won't spend a dime more on it, but we get our beaks wet. We get a chance to to um, have Amazon help us out a little bit and have you guys help us out a little bit, and you get the same great selection and the same great low price you would anyways, any g- given day of the week, shopping on Amazon.com. It doesn't matter what you buy, um, and we get a tiny, tiny little fraction of, uh, of the proceeds uh, from that. Yeah, up to uh, actually up to ten percent of the sale. Now it's not all of them, and that's what the really cool thing is. Is like Josh uh, was saying, there is no extra. You don't pay anything extra. Nope. It's it's Amazon.com that is paying. So you know if you find something that's ten bucks and you order it on Amazon for ten bucks, but you've clicked on our the the uh, Amazon.com banner on XJTalk.com first. Uh, you still pay 10 bucks. You still pay the same in shipping. Everything is the same. You don't notice anything different, but, uh, we get anywhere from, uh, like 2% to 10%, depending on what the item is. So anyway, en- enough of that. And, uh, I-, I will mention again, real quick for those of you that are listening to the podcast. And, uh, cause we have just recently started, uh, like three weeks ago, I guess now, uh, the live portion of the show, <clears throat> you can get involved on, on the show. Just like Josh said earlier, Sunday nights, 10 p.m. Central Time, uh, ustream.tv slash channel slash xjtalk. Uh, there also will be a link where you can uh, uh, watch and uh, interact uh, in the chat room on xjtalk.com. So we'll put that up later. It's a, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's it's not that, that it's a little confusing. But anyway, it's xjtalk.com slash ustream and then dot php. So Papa Hotel Papa. Anyway, so uh, if, uh, if you want to be uh, involved in the, the show, if you just want to watch the show, you don't have to chat, but the chat room's there, and I think you'll find yourself drawn in with some of the shenanigans that go on in the chat room. Uh, when, we were, <laughs> when we were first doing this show, and before Josh, uh, Josh joined, uh, over a year ago we were doing Ustream, and there were some very lively discussions in chat. In fact, I had to focus on what I was talking about and not – uh, not watch the chat room. It was so bad, <laughs> but everybody, everybody there seemed to really enjoy it. 
anyway, uh, let's get into this uh, Amazon.com uh, purchases, uh, Josh. All right. So what's on uh, what's on the list? Well, uh, there has been some some new items. That's always <laughs> that's always a plus. So maybe the uh, the advertisements and the hounding of, of people to go there is working. But uh, so these uh, these first ones were Amazon Instant Videos because uh, you can get instant videos, watch them straight through Amazon.com. So this was a, a high definition uh, video, uh, Hounded. Now I don't know anything about the movie. Uh, I'm assuming it's a movie, but I guess it could be pretty much anything. Then there was uh, the Killer Within, uh, and, and do do any of these sound sound like uh, movies that you've seen, Josh? No, but I think uh, the Killer Within was one that was on our list uh, previously. Uh, so that unless uh, somebody out there um, uh, heard it from the last time around and it's another new purchase, hey, that's great. Yep. And then there's uh, Say the Word, which is another instant video. Now, here's the ones that I thought were uh, a little more Jeep-related. There's a, a Daystar 20-amp blue light rocker switch. Ooh. And uh, we'll give that an official okay for uh, uh, the XJ Talk Show approval. <laughs> and uh, that's followed up by a 20-amp uh, green light rocker switch. Uh, oh, and do you know that we somebody that listens to this show or is a member of XJTalk.com actually reads books because somebody bought a, uh, a novel, uh, Outlander. 20th anniversary edition. Ride him, cowboy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I didn't think we had any readers. <laughs> I know we had listeners. I, I like doing that when I'm on Twitter and Facebook. People will say something about a book or reading something, and I'll say, I I'm illiterate. I can't read or write. And the joke is, I'm on Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> get it? Okay. Yeah, they don't get it either. Functional illiterate. <laughs> exactly. So uh, also, too, we have here, somebody ordered a uh, ATC 10.8 new laptop high capacity replacement battery. And uh, I think that was, uh, I th I, you know, that kind of sounds familiar. Uh, I don't know if that was one that we read last time. Oh, no, that wasn't one that was on the on the list last time. But uh, uh, hey, we got we got geeks, we got uh, and uh, some other folks out there. I mean, that's that's cool. We got switches, we got batteries, we got movies. Oh, here's one. Uh, I don't know if you're uh, an online game player or not, or just a, a, a computer game player, but uh, you heard of uh, Borderlands, I'm sure. Oh. Well, somebody purchased Borderlands 2. And from what I understand, it's a good game. Uh, I do not like, um, oh, I forgot what they're called, RPGs. And I think this is a kind of a combo uh, action RPG uh, game. I'm, I'm more of a first-person shooter. This game, uh, at least the uh, my stepson plays uh, Borderlands One. Uh, we haven't gotten right. him the Borderlands Two yet, and he hasn't um, bought it for himself yet. So, uh, but I've uh, seen. I haven't played it personally, but I've seen watched him play it a little bit. Uh, Borderlands One. It's kind of a first person shooter type game. Um, really kind of cool. A lot of crazy guns and a lot of uh, a lot of action in it. Um, and from what I understand, the Borderlands two really got rave reviews. So, and that's a, that's a relatively new release too. I think that just came out within the last, I'm going to say four or five weeks, if that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the price on it sure does look new. It's like 53 bucks, uh, is what they yeah, paid yeah. on, on so Amazon game price. Yep. Uh, so, uh, and the, the other thing that I saw on here that, uh, I was kind of impressed with is somebody bought a Xbox live 12 month gold membership. Uh, and that was, let's see, that was forty nine ninety nine. So big purchase. Yeah. 
Now, I'm going to read this one again just because I thought it was so darn funny and, and because I have a drop for it. Uh, this one was a Kindle ebook, uh, Alice and Genderland, Genderland Across Dressers Come of Age. What were you thinking? Yes, indeed. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that was uh, that was a good one from uh, from the last segment that we uh, that we had done the last time we had done this. And uh, and folks, I mean, seriously, if you, if you got a little extra change floating around, the weirder, the better. We love to hear that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that it's weird. Uh, it's your personal choice. and There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's definitely not a switch or a uh, or a, a laptop battery or, or movie or video game. So it's definitely um, off the beaten path, if you will. Very off the beaten path. And that's the kind of stuff that will end up on our radar for sure and, and, and guarantee it an, an honorable mention. And, folks, we don't know who's buying this stuff. We don't no have idea. any names associated with this stuff, no usernames, no account numbers, nothing like that. All we see is basically a shopping list. Yeah. And so it's, yep. a, it's an item on a page, and, and that's all it is. Yeah, you have to understand, too, it's in Amazon's best interest, and it might even be illegal for them to supply that information, but it's yeah, in probably. Amazon's best interest not to give out that information because somebody, uh, an unscrupulous uh, individual or company that was uh, making money off of uh, this Amazon promotions, like we're, what, we're, what we're doing, could actually in, uh, target those individuals and try to get them to buy more things through, through Amazon. And that would hurt Amazon's business in the uh, probably in the long run and, and maybe even in the short run. So they do not provide the information of who buys these things. It's very important that you know that. So yeah, you guys, you can you can shop and participate and have some fun safely. Uh, so if you decide you want uh, those fuzzy pink slippers, go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's a good one on the promo. I thought that was uh, <laughs> that was a nice one. Now I don't know if somebody uh, if we read this one last time, but. Uh, somebody bought a Glock bench mat and I, I have to say, right. him cowboy. And also too, uh, Oh gee, where'd it go? <laughs> SDD. <laughs> we, we like our, our, uh, second amendment, uh, goodies. That's right. And we'll have to have a, uh, a BYOG, uh, show or something where everybody brings their gun to the, to the live show. <laughs> be a new year's show it's uh no live rounds <laughs> yeah that would be fun i've been i have considered getting blanks uh either shotgun or a pistol and then going outside and just let the neighbors shake their head and talk about that uh dumb country ass hick that drives jeeps and shoots <laughs> <laughs> shoots guns in the air <laughs> on new year's <laughs> Well, uh, I got I got a buddy who who uh, practices his Second Amendment daily, and um and he's got he's got a few uh he's got a few items that that he uses for for home defense, and um and they're all loaded and ready to go, and they're all loaded with a blank first. The very first round is a blank. So if um you know he's gonna fire once to let you know that you know you're doing something you're not supposed to. Um, and if he's got to pull that trigger a second time, then, um, you've, let's just say you've had fair warning. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, uh, but it's almost, it would almost be a dangerous thing. Uh, I'm, although I have ex instructed everybody around here who is, uh, everybody here is, uh, is a uh, female except for me now that my uh, stepson has moved out. So I've told them that, uh, when you, if you have to pull the, pull the weapon, you make sure that you definitely have made the decision to shoot the gun. Uh, identify your target, and once it's identified and you've decided to shoot, shoot, and you shoot uh, three times. 
and then you wait, and if the target's still moving, you shoot another three times, and you keep doing that until the gun's empty. Yeah, I um, I got involved in my stepson's life relatively early, and and got him involved in in gun safety. Um, you know, one of our first camping trips, and I started him off with a BB gun. You know, something safe and, and easy to handle and stuff like that, and um, and a good tool to to teach gun safety with. And I taught him early and often. Uh, you know, you do not point a weapon, regardless whether it's you know a knife or um or a gun, unless you know at something, unless you intend to kill it. Absolutely, you cannot. And uh, uh, also, too, you can't get your keep your finger on the trigger. Um, the the it only takes an instant to go from the uh, the the side of the 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 weapon to the trigger. And uh, there's too much adrenaline. There's too much excitement, and uh, etc. So. Yeah, all my kids know about that, and I've taken uh, my daughters out to uh, the gun range and let them shoot those weapons. Uh, actually, I have some video of her uh, of them both uh, shooting the uh, Remington 308, the Remington 700 308, and uh, it's interesting. My uh, my youngest daughter, uh, her comment was it didn't kick as much as she thought it was going to. Well, hey, that's good. <laughs> and and, that, and that's the point. Papa for that one. You know, and that's the point. They they. They need to understand that they are very dangerous, but they are just tools. I mean, uh, I mean, if you think about it, uh, if you told somebody, uh, handed them a hammer and said, hey, you can kill somebody with this. You, can, you could kill yourself with this. And they would look at you like, yeah, it's a hammer. You know, all you have to do is just be, pay attention to what you're doing. Worst case I might do is mash a finger. And that's exactly the same thing with a gun. Um, although if you, if you drop a gun... Uh, it probably won't go off. Uh, I mean, if you drop a hammer, it probably won't go off. But still, <laughs> yeah. And you can you can point a baseball bat at somebody relatively easy without uh you know and and make it pretty menacing without you know risk of killing them. Yep. But uh, I I don't know. I kind of like the idea of the of the blank. But unfortunately, I think that it might get somebody hurt here because. If, uh, even if I instructed them, cause you know, you have to keep it simple, stupid kiss, even though I've instructed them to, to shoot multiple times, I don't know that they would do that. And they might get one shot off before the gun's taken away from them. And I would yeah. hate for that first shot to be a blank. So yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. That's a good point. But to each his own. I mean, you know, if that's the way the guy wants to do it still, I think it would be fun to, to have a blank. I'd, you know, I think most people, at least uh, facing a uh, six foot, two hundred and sixty five pound man, and uh, was uh, shot at, they probably would wet and uh, uh, soil their drawers and uh, on their way out. So it would be uh, it would be preferable to actually killing somebody to me. But then again, if they're if they're in your house, uh, it might be better to send a, a stronger signal. Yeah, he's um he's apparently got a sidearm placed somewhere in the house. Um, you know, he's not readily available with a lot of this information. I mean, he's a longtime trusted friend of mine, so you know, I know about this kind of stuff. But apparently, he has a he has a revolver somewhere around the house that has nothing but snake shot loaded in it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> That'll ruin your evening. <laughs> yes, I imagine so. <laughs> Honey, could you help me with this? It just stings like the dickens. <laughs> Well, I had I had a buddy. I guess um, back in the day, he, uh, he as a as a you know I think he was twelve, thirteen years old. He was telling me this story um, much later that he was back in somebody's property he wasn't supposed to be, and um, you know he was told to get out, and uh, <laughs> and as you know he 
I think he might have mouthed off or something like that. But uh, I think uh, old Farmer John pulled out a a shotgun and uh, put around a rock salt in his butt in his back uh, bottom end. Mm. And he he he's got the uh, the freckles back there. I'm going to say to prove it. So <laughs> he got he got a a hind end full of rock salt because uh, he was he was someplace he wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> well, I don't want to I don't want to tell you your business, but next time, Josh, I would just take their word for it. I wouldn't ask uh, to show me the freckles. Oh yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, you get. You know, those I could just gap for it. hours. Prove it. I don't. I don't buy it. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, that's a that's a pretty cool thing because you can actually actually ask somebody, did how badly did it hurt? How long did it hurt? Did you have to get the rock salt out, or did it just kind of come out by itself? In other words, dissolve. It's one of the things where it, it kind of some of it might uh, have to be pulled out, and some of it kind of just dissolves or absorbs or or whatever. But uh, you know, it won't kill you, but it's gonna it's gonna sting like hell. Yeah, gosh, that's horrible. Yeah. So uh, so hey, on another note, have you um do you decorate your house for Christmas? You put up lights or anything? Well, my uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she's nineteen, and for the last twenty four hours, that's what she's been doing. Uh, it's kind of unusual. My wife uh, usually does it with a couple of re- reluctant girls uh, helping. Uh, and uh, this year it was uh, just my oldest daughter. So I, uh, all, all day today, I got up early this morning and not too early. I just slept in a little bit, but uh, after I got my coffee going and stuff, I, um, I spent the rest of the day and I actually didn't stop until let's see, it was about two hours ago. Um, finally stopped, got all the lights put up. So you're talking about outside lights? Outside lights. I did that one year. I think it was the first year we were here in the house, and I haven't done it since. They've got this uh, hardy plank or something up on there, and it, uh-huh. and you're not nailing anything into it. No, uh-uh. that's concrete, basically. <laughs> oh, is it? Well, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, they've got that stuff up around the edges, and uh, they I know they make things that you can slide up underneath the uh, the shingles that will hold the lights in place, but they're they're not as straight as what I would like them. And, you know, it was just going to be an awful lot of work and a two story house. So that also meant there was going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of work up high on the ladder. So no, didn't do it. Uh, Haven't done it since. Uh, Lucky enough. I got a, I got a ranch house, but it's a, it's relatively long house. So it's a, it's a lot of stringing on the roof and then all the windows, garage door bushes. I mean, I, I kind of go all out. I mean, I don't, I don't have big displays or anything like that, but I've got a lot of lights out in front of the house. Yep. And actually, um, one of the Black Friday deals that I hit up every year, uh, just for that reason, um, is um, is a half off on Christmas lights on one of these things. So I, uh, I always uh, upgrade some of the lights to LEDs every year and and buy a couple more strands and stuff like that to to make it a little bit bigger and better every year. Now, if they if the LEDs ever get down so low in price, I could I could see putting up LED lights. Uh, just the the strips, the plastic strips that whenever they're off, you don't even see them. It would just be they would look white. Yeah. Now that would be really cool, and uh, you literally could run those off uh, a battery and some solar panels if you were concerned about the electricity. Plus, plus you could glue them and leave them up there all year long. Yeah, and they, they would be virtually invisible. Yep. So I could see a time when uh, when we might do that, and, and actually it might be convenient if we were having people over uh, just turn on the LEDs and go look for the house with the Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Uh, no, one, so I saw there's some people out in my neighborhood that that had them up before Thanksgiving, and I was like, okay, come on, guys, yeah, no, 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 not before Thanksgiving. No, let's get one holiday out of the way before we start in on another. Actually, it'd be kind of cool to to do, uh, you know, if you had multicolor LEDs, uh, to have uh, orange LED lights for thank uh, Thanksgiving for uh, Christmas. I guess they could be for Thanksgiving too. Uh, you could even run them for Halloween. Oh, I said it. I said Thanksgiving twice. Halloween is what I was talking about. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Uh, it's funny when I listen to these shows uh, after they're uh, put out uh, into the uh, the interweb. Uh, I will be listening to the stuff, and I go, "What am I talking about?" I was supposed to say yada yada, and I didn't catch it at all. And, yeah, uh, there's. Uh, I've gone back, listened to listen to some episodes too, and it's like. Oh, I said it like that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> and there's a lot of times that I leave out key information. Uh, I, I'm talking about something and I, I'm driving along and I know what I'm talking about. And I go, well, why didn't I just say one more word in that? And that would have made a lot more sense. I think people probably figure it out, but I think it could be a lot easier if I would just be a little clearer. Uh, but I think we're both kind of hard on ourselves, both audio quality wise and uh, how we present ourselves to the public. Well, not only that, I, you know, I catch myself going off on tangents occasionally and it's like, you know, I start getting off topic a little bit and going over here and then, you know, I forget to say what I meant to say before I went over there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. That happens to me too. So anyway, uh, the, uh, I thought we would take a few moments here. It may not be, uh, all that fair to the people listening on the podcast, but I thought we would uh, take a moment to uh, take any questions or comments from the the live audience that uh, is uh, currently in chat. What are you guys up to? I've, I've been reading some of this crap you've been typing. <laughs> oh, we got a, uh, we got a peanut gallery over here. <laughs> oh, and to answer your question, it, the battery was for a laptop. It was a laptop battery that they, uh, somebody had purchased. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Laptop battery. Yeah. One of my laptops is, uh, it's battery life. Isn't so hot. I, I think I, I'm lucky to get a couple hours out of it if I have it unplugged. So it's something that I uh, should probably be looking at here pretty soon. And they're so God awful expensive. Um, I mean, my, uh, my daughter, uh, has a, a desktop in her room and her APC, uh, UPS battery has gone bad. And I normally <clears throat> I would run over to an electro- electronics store and pick up a battery for, Gosh, they used to be about uh, 12, 15 bucks. And the last time I went over there, they were like $28. Uh, I'm sorry, not the last time. Uh, on one other occasion, they were up to like 28. And then I think they were around 35 this last time. I can get a new, uh, a new whole new unit for uh, not much more than that. And it's just really sad because, uh, I mean, APC, they want you to buy another UPS. They don't want you to buy another battery. They want you to buy a new, a new UPS. Uh, and there's, I mean, what's going to go wrong with wires and electronics? Not a damn thing. I mean, I suppose they could, could, it could get too hot, but it's just the battery is just the dry cell just needs to be replaced. I mean, I have some here that I've, I've used for gosh, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about how old this laptop battery is. It's probably a good 10 years old. I think it's uh it's an older machine, but it's, um, it's work. It works just fine as long as it's plugged in. Um, and so if, you know, when I'm out on the go, if I ever do lose power, I don't have all that long and, and really depending on what I'm doing, um, you know, I'll have even less time if I'm, I'm not watching a movie on an airplane or anything. I don't travel all that much. So, you know, I don't need a lot of battery life, but it's nice to know that it's there when you need it. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
uh, I see Brazcats. Uh, I saw whenever he first got in uh, into the UStream show tonight. He uh, saw that he was a moderator, and uh, yeah, I was uh, was messing around with the settings uh, the other day, Brass, and uh, I uh, ran across the uh, the moderator section. So I thought I would uh, put you in there as a moderator. Sorry, I didn't uh, tell you about that, but you fi- you figured it out all, all by yourself, and, and uh, basically uh, uh, that just uh, allows you to uh, slap people around if they uh, if they get out of line, which which just kind of like uh, on xjtalk.com, we don't have too much of that. So it's nice to uh, to have somebody there that can uh, that can do the stuff. So I would just look around at some of the settings, uh, some of the additional settings that you have access to. And uh, is the is this if this thing grows, and also too, since we're allowing uh, guests to come in here and uh, and to chat, uh, it may be required depending on um, the unnamed individuals that may get on. Um, because I think if you, if you ever go to, uh, Ustream, uh, it will tell you about live, uh, live shows, I think on the front screen. So I don't know that we would ever get on that, on that, that screen, but I guess it really depends on how many viewers we have. And so potentially we could have anybody come in, whether they're, uh, Jeep, uh, interested in Jeeps or, or not. And those people could be trouble. Now I was a moderator for a, a Ustream show. Uh, for uh, a year or so, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty interesting. And, and what was funny was the host was always ban, 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 ban. And I looked at it like if you ban somebody, then they're not going to be able to come to your show and watch. And the whole idea was to have people come there and watch. So I would just remove their ability to interact. And I thought that was uh, was good enough punishment. I know that was the thing that. The, the second thing that I enjoyed most about the show was inter- interacting with the individuals in the show. So, I mean, the other members that were in the chat room. So, anyway, we'll we'll give this a shot. Um, let's see, what else? Um, yeah, no well, problem, Brass. Well, I was going to say, it looks like we got some uh, some members that might be traveling for the holidays. Tony, are you, you heading out of town for Christmas, or are you staying home? Yeah, we always stay here. We never go anywhere. Yeah, we're the same. We're same, same over here. Uh, usually have um, usually have two Christmases. Uh, one for the uh, one for the in laws Christmas Eve, and then one for for my family Christmas Day. Right. Yeah. Uh, the in laws come over, <clears throat> and uh, uh, my uh, my wife's uh, sister and her family uh, come over uh, on uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. So it's not a, a huge get together. Uh, it's not like I, th- I guess it's eight or nine people. I guess total. Uh, there's a fair number that are. Uh, that are uh, our family. So, but it, anyway, no, we never, we never travel. Uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't see how people do it. it to me, yeah, I don't either. It would be the worst <clears throat> part of uh, holidays having to, to drive some f- four or five hours. And oh my God, if you actually had to fly someplace, um, I mean, family is wonderful, but there's a reason why you don't live at home <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's good to see people, but I don't know that if I, I could go to the airport and stand it. I mean, every year, every year, it's like clockwork. You go and stand in line, you get on the plane, you deal with all that crap, and then you're someplace <clears throat> that isn't your bed, uh, that isn't uh, your room, at least not the room that you that you are in most of the time, and you have to be comfortable there. And it just sounds like to me that would be a lot more work than just staying and working. And holidays should be fun and somewhat relaxing. Uh, when I was a lot younger, uh, we used to make the uh, trip from Seattle to uh, Portland uh, to visit the grandparents on the holidays sometimes. 
And it was, you know, it was usually a three or four day weekend or something like that. Uh, we drive the, that three, three and a half hours uh, from, you know, the Seattle Bay Area all the way down to Portland. And it was, you know, it was the same thing. Of course, you know, I was I was just a youngster back then, and and you know, visiting grandma and grandpa, had, oh, that was you know, cool as all hell. So you know, got a kick out of it. But nowadays, you know, I don't know if I could do it. So Brass Cats was just saying here that they drive four hours every time. Um, I guess that's four hours one way, Brass. Yeah, that's that's one heck of a one heck of a trip. That's that's enough for your butt to get numb. Yeah. I better be driving. Hope you're not driving a Cherokee. <laughs> Actually, the the Cherokee's not bad. It's just uh, if you've got uh, loud tires on it, it, uh, it can give you a bit of a hum in your head after a while. Oh yeah, after four hours on the road with a Cherokee, uh, especially if you've got mud terrains or something, you're gonna, you're gonna end up with some uh, ringing ears. Well, um, now you guys had some pretty good weather uh, last week up there, didn't didn't you? Uh, we did have some severe rain. In fact, um, I think there was one day where we got around three or four inches of rain. I think, uh, that was, that was rather interesting. That was, uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh we could go, we could go tomorrow. So I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I can't think of a better vehicle to be in unless it would be a full size uh, SUV or truck that was lifted with, uh, with large tires. Uh, but if I was driving someplace, I, you'd, Especially in bad weather, I would much rather be on the Cherokee. Yeah, there was a there's a spot on the Oregon coast, in fact, where uh, there was so much rain coming down, and and it wasn't able to to you know get off the roadway or get absorbed or into the drainage system fast enough, and and there was a lot of flooding. In fact, we had a lot of flooding in several areas, but there was a po- spot on the Oregon coast, I think, on 101, where they had to shut things down, and they were only allowing semis and and lifted vehicles to go through. Uh, because the water was so deep, it, it would have swept away passenger cars. Well, I'm glad that they were letting lifted vehicles go through. You know, they, they, they kind of, uh, roll their eyes and, uh, they, this won't let you do it. I mean, I, I've got two feet of clearance between, uh, the, the ground and the bottom, the bottom of my Jeep. And I guarantee you two feet of water is a lot of water. So, yeah. uh, and, and it gets deep around here. I don't like going through two feet of water, but I, I've done it before and I'll do it again, especially if I'm trying to get to work uh, and not have to go a long ways around. I, ju- I don't know. I guess you should slow down in, 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 uh, in bad weather, but man, some of these people around here, it's like they've never seen rain before. It just oh, tell drives me, about me up it. the no, wall. We got them here too, Tony. Well, I don't understand why you got them there. It rains there like 24 seven, doesn't it? Yeah. And I don't get it. I mean, every, every time, you know, it's like um, we get, I mean, there's, you know, there's sprinkles, there's a little bit of rain, and then there's, you know, a torrential downpour. And if, if it's anything more than a sprinkle here, I swear to God, people forget how to drive. And, you know, it'll take me another 20 or 30 minutes to get to work in the mornings or even more. I, just the other night, um, it was that one of those nights we got heavy rain. It took me just under two hours to get home from work. And there wasn't any wrecks. There wasn't any road closures. There was just roads full of idiots, people that don't know how to drive in rain. And it just... You can tell my voice. It, it pisses me off. I, I just like, there's no, there's really no excuse for it. Well, and the other thing that gets me, and I know people have been complaining about this for years and years and years. It's whenever there's an accident and the the traffic is backed up. It's, it's going very, very slow. Lanes are collapsing into the two, three lanes, whatever. And you finally, finally get to, to where you can see clear road in front of you. And the person in front of you 
is driving five miles an hour so they can look at the accident. Look, mm, hole. (laughs) Rubberneckers. That's what we call them. Get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Go home, watch the news. I guarantee you they're going to have better coverage than the, the extra 15 seconds that you took to slow down. And I don't understand why in God's name they slow down. They've been in traffic just as long as I have, just as frustrating. <clears throat> and in that last few moments, instead of going, I'm free and using that skinny pedal to get out, get on, get on down the road. No, let's, Oh, let's see. Is that Joe? Uh, do I know that car? Oh, geez. Yeah, no. And we're going to hear, I mean, somebody's pulled over on the side, just a traffic ticket and traffic will oh, come yeah. with freaking halt. Now, if it's on its roof and on fire, I can kind of see slowing down. I don't, but I can understand it better. But, but whenever it's a flat tire or somebody's pulled over. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, but anyway. We get, we get them here all the time and, and it's. I mean, we don't we don't have the the five or six lane highways um, like like some folks do. Um, you know, I don't know if you've got big, huge freeways down down there. Huge. I know California's got you know five, six, seven lanes all going one direction. We don't have any freeways like that. It's usually you know two, three. I, I think there might be a couple areas where it's four lanes, but it's usually not for very long. Uh, and so when something like that happens, I mean, it just it it screws everything up so royally. And it, and it screws up for everybody. And it's yeah. like, I see it every, every single day, uh, you know, driving along and it's this person doing 10, 15 miles an hour under the speed limit for no good reason whatsoever. And it's like, it's you, you're the reason why there's rush hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People, you that are causing this. Well, you know, I saw a study on this one time where they were talking about the reason why traffic jams occur is something happens to, to stop the flow of traffic and you can stop a lot faster than you can accelerate. Well, you can stop a lot faster than what you accelerate because it, that's the problem is that everybody slows down or comes to a, either a stop or a near stop and then they accelerate and they accelerate away at a much slower rate. So now your, your traffic flow is interrupted and now every, all the traffic starts backing up. So uh, if we had uh, good quarter mile vehicles, <laughs> traffic flow would be a lot better. There'd probably be a lot more accidents. I was giggling a second ago because uh, uh, Brazcat says, I wish I could slap people on the back of the head in other cars. Yes, that would be funny. You know, I, I think a, a nice beanbag launching device would be good uh, for something like that. Oh, I, <laughs> but, and before I forget, uh, let me mention this. I have, I have wanted a, uh, a digital video recorder to go in the Jeep for a very, very long time. And they're, they're just too expensive or they're too obtrusive. Uh, one of one or two or all all above and also too they don't seem to record very long well you know things things improve and prices go down and i was uh, on uh, youtube um day before yesterday and i saw one uh that a guy was doing just a off the cuff uh review on and it comes straight from china it doesn't have a monitor or anything on it so it's not very big and uh it takes a a micro sd card up to 32 gig and it does a lot of stuff. It handles uh, keeping up with the videos, deleting the videos. It uh, records uh, the videos in 20-minute segments and then stops uh, re- recording on that one and starts a, a new file, et cetera, et cetera. So I was looking on eBay, and they're about 140 bucks uh, with free shipping, which was a little more than what I really wanted to pay for just 
so some goofy little thing. Oh, and I, I'm sorry, it's HD. It's 1080p uh, HD uh, DVR. Uh-huh. Camera, sound, everything built into it. So um, I looked and I went back to the YouTube video and he on there said where he had gotten the, the device from and it's straight out of China. So I went over there to their website and lo and behold, the device was $86. That's not too shabby. I thought so myself. And, and also too, it, it has a GPS receiver in it. So it keeps up with uh, where you are and what speed you're going. And puts the information, uh, not only records it uh, on the video, but also records it uh, with the video. And it keeps up with uh, how many Gs you're pulling. Wow. This thing's feature-packed. Yes. So you can actually, it will, by default, if you are in a high G situation, like an, uh, an accident, it will not overwrite that file. So you could literally use this video to... Uh, I guess convict yourself <laughs> or, 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 or prove that it wasn't your fault. <laughs> I would assume that the uh, you would only use it for proving it wasn't your fault and accidentally uh, uh, lose the, the micro SD card if it was. Uh, but uh, so I'm very anxious about seeing uh, this unit. It is, uh, like I said, it's not very, not very big. I think it is smaller than a uh, toilet paper tube roll. Uh, not the, not, 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 the whole roll, just the little paper tube at the end. And it comes with a little suction cup that attaches to the, uh, to the windshield. So, uh, we may be having some, uh, at least, uh, on uh, xjtalk.com, some, uh, videos. It's a 120 degree, uh, angled, uh, lens and uh, high def. So now is this, is this the same one that the little key fob camera that you showed me a no. while back or that you had some videos posted up from? No. That's not okay. not it at all. Different device. Oh, definitely. It, it, much bigger lens and a uh, much bigger unit. Although it's not that big. Well, you might uh you might have to post up some uh you might have to post up a link to that or or at least uh post up the model the model number and stuff like that uh or maybe the, uh, the eBay store you got that from in the show notes uh, so that other people can uh, can share in the wealth. Well, it will definitely be up on xjtalk.com. And, uh, if we, if we do it in another show and have some video that we show here on the live show, I might actually put it in the show notes. But, uh, if you are not an xjtalk.com member, this would be a, a good reason or just a visitor, just a guest. And this will be a good reason for you to, uh, keep an eye on the website because I'll have more information on that, uh, on that cam, uh, a dash cam, if you will, because that will kind of be like what it is. Like the police have used, uh, I just need to get it set up so that it will, um, have, um, uh, if I have the, the, my emergency lights on or not. So like, you know, little flashing things, like when the cops pull over, you see that little, those little asterisks alternate oh, back and hey, forth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've been looking, I mean, you know, I love the GoPros. I don't own one personally, but I, I love the concept of them. I've actually seen videos of guys that have mounted a GoPro to the uh, top side of their axle on the back. So you're, you've got this view underneath the Jeep from uh, as if you were, you know, sitting on top of the uh, the rear axle, looking forward, and that you know they're crawling through the trail, and and you know it just it looks so cool, and you know nothing can do that like the GoPros can. You don't want to throw your you know your relatively expensive point and shoot camera in video mode and strap it to your axle. No, hell no. But something like that, which is relatively small, low profile enough, and in worst case scenario, if something were to happen to it, you know, it's eighty six dollars. I mean that's it's not cheap, cheap, but 
you know, that that's definitely something that you wouldn't mind putting in as a dash cam while you're going down the trail and, and getting some good wheeling videos. Well, actually, I, I'm, uh, this is kind of the direction I'm going. I mean, I like the idea of being able to, uh, when I turn the key on, that uh, this little uh, DVR and camera combination is going to start recording. So I will have uh, uh, at least a front view recording uh, from, from when the Jeep starts to when it stops. Uh, and, uh, it will overwrite the files, uh, as, as, uh, you know, as it needs to, to, to not keep that card at least empty enough for it to be able to record on. Now it doesn't mean I can't use it, uh, when I go off road. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the idea. And, you know, you already mentioned the little keychain uh, looking little thing. Now I, I have to build a little mount for that. Uh, and I need to do a little thinking about it, probably a little, a little gooseneck thing or, Something that uh, won't move around too much with vibration. It, 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 I'll just have to try it and see. But uh, the combination of the, the forward camera and one or two of these little bitty keychain things, because the GoPro, that's nice. I mean, it, it's very nice. And $86 is a lot cheaper than what I thought it was. But $40 is a lot cheaper than $86. So, But those little keychain ones cost you, right? Right, 40 bucks. So, um, and, and they're so small, uh, they're less likely to be hit by anything. Yeah. So I'll just have to just try it and see. I think it would make some, uh, for some interesting videos, interesting off-road videos, and I'll be doing some testing with that, uh, as soon as I get a mount built. Yeah. You might have to, uh, strap those things on and, uh, and go find yourself a field or something or, uh, or, you know, back access road or something like that. And just, uh, just to, yeah, test it out. Yep. It'll be real easy to test. There's all, all kinds of places around here that I can physically get off road, just not, uh, necessarily an off road park. You know, a little, do a little more to the Jeep before I'll be feel uh, comfortable, uh, taking her off road and, uh, cause I don't want to damage it. So I can, I need to go to work the next day or next couple of days and, inconvenience the family by having to take the other vehicle so yada yeah. yada yada well that's about all i got tony uh you know i got some other stuff that's coming up here um uh, towards the beginning of next month but i think uh, i'll save that for the next show and uh i don't really have anything else to share with you for today yep well uh and as you guys can probably uh, assume we're not having any interviews uh on the show tonight so it's not going to be one of those two-hour marathons and uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, the time of year that it is. People were just busy uh, with uh, vacation or getting ready to go on vacation. And uh, but we'll have uh, we'll have interviews coming up more. Uh, and uh, you have to you're gonna have to kind of expect this during this time of year. Now I will make an announcement that I hope doesn't jinx it. I do have uh, a thumbs up from a uh, a person that uh, I've known for. Uh, I guess about a year, year and a half, uh, that, uh, uh, is a, uh, on, on air personality television. And, uh, she has agreed to do a Christmas, uh, special show with me. So we will be, uh, doing that and uh, putting it out around Christmas time. I, I haven't thought it, it through if it's going to be on uh, Christmas day or not. And we'll just have to, all of us have to be hopeful and make sure that happens. But, she gets very busy. Uh, I had originally contacted her about uh, doing it for uh, Thanksgiving, and she was, uh, in her words, slammed, but uh, was open to the idea. She's she's really very nice, and I think you'll uh, find her very interesting and very funny. So we'll be having that coming up, and uh, uh, fairly sure. <laughs> Let's have to wait and see. <laughs> 
Well, I got, I, I've been in contact with Warrior Products and uh, with a representative um, through that company. And, um, and, and there's been a couple others that I've, that I've been in touch with, but uh, I've been in somewhat regular contact with, uh, with Warrior Products. And it looks like, uh, and I, again, I don't want to jinx it, uh, but it looks like we'll be able to set something up for um, beginning of next month, uh, beginning of December. Uh, so hopefully uh, before Christmas, I will have a, uh, a good interview set up for you guys uh, with Warrior Products. Excellent. Yeah. I've got a couple of uh, in the works. Josh knows about it because we, uh, we share a spreadsheet so we don't uh, ask the same people <laughs> about interviews, which we've done once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. And I, there are there are uh, uh, there's at least one uh, xjtalk.com member that um, I've been trying to reach out to to uh, to get an interview with. Got an interesting story, so still trying to still trying to work on that, and and scheduling is, hasn't quite worked out. We're on uh, opposite ends of the nation, so he's on one coast and I'm on the other. Uh, so it's really hard to uh, to coordinate our schedules uh, to get something lined up and and set in stone. So something always ends up popping up on one end uh, one end of the other. So we're going to try and get the, the wrinkles ironed out on that, and hopefully I can um, I can present you guys with that because it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting story, and I can't wait to uh, to get him to share that with us. Yeah, well, thankfully, uh, people are are very interested. Uh, I haven't found. Uh, uh, I think there's only been one. Uh, well, there's been an individual that has been uh, difficult to get lined up. They didn't say no; they've just been um, uh, busy. And uh, I think we've had one. Um, I guess it would be individual, but a, a very well-known individual that has turned us down. Uh, and, uh, but, but the vast majority are, they're happy to do it. So it, uh, it was surprising and, uh, it was, uh, it was great news. Hey, good evening. This is Mike Corey, amateur radio call sign KI1U. I am the emergency preparedness manager at the American Radio Relay League in Newington, Connecticut. And you're listening to the XJ Talk Show. Manufacturing the toughest, strongest, most adjustable control arms in the industry and giving you the best performing, most affordable long arm kit on the market, Ironman 4x4 has what you're looking for. Improve the capabilities of your Jeep with a wide selection of suspension and steering components, shackles, even motor mounts and transmission mounts. Add to that an entire array of custom builder parts for virtually any project and combine them with brands like Bilstein, King, Fox, Procomp, Energy Suspension and Curry and you'll know you're getting the best for your Jeep. You got a custom project? Iron Man 4x4 can fabricate custom links to your specifications in both steel or 7075 alloy aluminum and available with genuine Johnny joints. Iron Man 4x4 stands behind their work, offering a lifetime guarantee on all control arm steel parts. Family owned, American owned, and American made right here in the USA. International shipping is available. See our eBay store or order by phone 704-796-3502 or check us out on the web at ironman4x4fab.com. That's ironman4x4fab.com. Well, hey guys, if you haven't heard the latest news yet, we've started a new segment on the podcast. We haven't figured out the perfect name for it yet, but how it works is Amazon.com is giving us a list of all the things that have been purchased through XJTalk.com. We have no idea who's making these purchases. All we know is what's being bought. So if you want to join in on the fun, make sure you go to XJTalk.com. Tell your friends. Anybody can get in on this. All you got to do is click on the banner there on the homepage right above the main picture. That's going to take you straight to Amazon.com. We're at a little bit of any purchase you make there, and it doesn't matter what it is. 
Fuzzy pink Jeep logo slippers? Sure, why not? How about that moo you've always wanted? Go for it. The crazier the better, folks. But a little bit of anything you buy is going to go to help out the talk show and help out the website. It's not going to cost you a penny more. Not a single red cent. You're going to pay the same great low price you always would have. So spread the word. Get in on the fun. And who knows, maybe that instructional guide to earwax collecting you're planning on buying will end up on our list. Electrical. And audio tips. Well, hey guys, we got a quick electrical and audio tip segment for you this time around. And uh, this one we're going to focus strictly on electrical type stuff. Now, I know it's not as fun and sexy as uh, some of the audio stuff we've gone over in the past, but uh, this one, you can apply some of it to the audio system. But this time, it's going to be strictly electrical. I want to go over just really quick electrical maintenance. Now, oftentimes in our Jeeps, the electrical system goes unmaintained. And I know we've talked about battery maintenance and stuff in the past, and uh, some of that stuff can be applied to this one as well. But one of the things we always want to take a look at when maintaining our electrical system are the various connections, contacts, things like that. Now, the connections can be everything from a point where something is grounded, like, well, the battery, the starter, uh, things like that, the CPU even, or even the amplifier you have stashed in the back. It's always a good idea to, a couple times a year, go back and refresh all your grounds just to make sure that they're you know clean and getting a good connection. And that pretty much applies to anything across the board, whether it be your stereo, whether it be your starter, or whatever else you got hooked up. Even your lights, winch, things like that. Definitely want to refresh the grounds on everything you can that has a ground connection that you can get to. Now, a quick tip for doing this is always remove the ground from where it's at. Don't just scrub away on top of the connection. That doesn't actually clean the connection. That just cleans on top of it. It'd be like washing your hands when you're wearing rubber gloves. It's not going to actually clean your hands. It's just going to clean a rubber glove. So to clean a ground, you actually want to remove the ground from the chassis. All grounds are grounded to the chassis. That's how it works. So remove that ground from its mounting location and then clean the metal that's up underneath of it, underneath that contact point. Clean it up really good, shine it up, use a wire brush, use a file, anything like that to clean up paint, dirt, debris, grease, grime, you name it. You want to make sure you've got a good metal-to-metal connection. Once that's done, clean up the contact really good as well and bolt it, screw it, or otherwise fasten it back to where it was previously. If you've got a stripped-out location, plug up that hole, or at least get a new mounting point and clean up and paint the old one. Now, if you're really creative and you've got a little bit of ingenuity and know-how behind you, you can always wire something up new. The point where, that I'm trying to make here is that contacts can be cleaned, although you don't want to start cutting off plugs and replacing them unless they're completely deteriorated. Uh, plugs, the connections in plugs can be cleaned up. You can use something like Scotch-Brite. It's kind of like the, uh, the rough, scrubby side of a sponge that you might see by your kitchen sink. Um, they sell it in uh, most part stores in the auto body section. Uh, steel wool is a good one. Even a le- even an eraser uh, is pretty good for cleaning up uh, light oxidation and, and dirt and debris and dust off of um, off of, off of contacts. Another thing that works is uh, is a file, any file, uh, nothing too rough, nothing too aggressive. Obviously, you don't want to get out the cheese grater to you know, clean up any contacts, but you know your average little file will do just fine. I've even used the edge of a flat blade screwdriver when times are tough. But hey, it gets the job done. Now, that's great and everything, but you also want to protect that electrical connection. The best thing to use for that is what's called dielectric grease. It's found just about anywhere. You can get it at Radio Shack. You can get it at your parts store. You might even be able to get it at Home Depot or something or Lowe's. Check around. Of course, you can buy it online, but it's called dielectric grease. And what it is, it's a non-conductive grease that you can slather up electrical connections with. It repels water and protects that connection. 
This is important for anything that's exposed to the elements, especially something that's under the hood. This stuff will help save you from future troubleshooting that you may run into when diagnosing electrical problems. And of course, using a little bit of dielectric grease on a freshly refreshed electrical connection, like a plug, will of course ensure that it's gonna, that connection is going to last a lot longer and it's going to be protected for quite a while. Dielectric grease doesn't degrade or, or erode very easily. And another thing dielectric grease is good for is lubricating plugs that, you know, get used a lot, meaning plugged and unplugged. You can use it on things like your spark plug wires, uh, although you may want to be using something more specific uh, for something like that. I think there's a, there's a high temp version of dielectric grease. But if you've, got, um, if you've got something under the hood that you're constantly connecting and reconnecting and disconnecting and stuff like that, you slather it up with, uh, after, you re- after you recondition that plug, of course, uh, with some dielectric grease. And uh, each and every time you connect and reconnect that, it'll be a little bit easier. Switches is a hard one. There's a ton of switches in the Jeep. Stuff that we've installed for things like lights or interior winch control, things like that. And it's hard to rebuild some of those. They, it can be done in, much ca- in some cases, but most times it's pretty hard. And honestly, a couple bucks at your local electrical supply store and you got a new switch, it's easy to do. Things like window switches, there has been a couple write-ups online for rebuilding the power window switches in our Cherokees. It is kind of difficult, but it can be done with a little bit of technical know-how and some patience. I'm not going to get into that here, but just know that it can be done and a little bit of research will help get you pointed in the right direction as far as doing that. Your other option, of course, is to replace it. Don't go too long, folks, without replacing a broken switch. It's no fun having something in your Jeep that you can't use just because the switch is broken. Junkyards are a good source for switch replacement. And of course, if all else fails, turn to eBay or someplace like Rock Auto or, well, I'd say your local dealership, but you know you're going to spend a lot of money there. Now, one of the most hardest switches to rebuild are vacuum control switches. It's almost impossible. Somebody out there may have done it. I myself personally, I've tried, I've tackled, and I've failed. I can fix just about anything, but a vacuum switch, it's extremely hard. They have to be perfectly sealed, and if you don't get it right the first time, chances are you're just going to end up continuing to screw it up. In those cases, it's best just to replace it. Now, another thing we don't want to overlook are lights. Go around and always check your lights. Now, I'm not saying you got to do this every time you get in the vehicle, like your driver's ed manual might tell you to do. But it's good to do a precursory look, especially when you're heading out on a trip or out on a wheeling trip or something like that. Or maybe even, you know, on the weekend, if you got some spare time, go around and check all your lights. Make sure your lenses aren't broken, things like that. And take a good look and make sure that, you know, your blinkers are working right and, you know, your hazard switch, etc. Make sure that everything is working the way that it should. And that's going to help things live a lot longer. Now, I know I said we wouldn't get too much into audio, folks, but, uh, but here's a little tip for you. Things like uh, speakers in the doors, they're exposed to the elements whether you know it or not. And although the speakers nowadays are built to handle the rigors of off-road and, and the elements and stuff like that, the connections sometimes get a little oxidized. It's good to every now and again pull that door panel off, get in there, and clean up the connections on the back of the speakers. Now for us late model guys, when we've got the speakers inside uh, inside the cab in the back, now those those are probably okay. The ones in the doors are the ones you definitely want to look at. Especially if you've gone in there and cut a hole and opened that up for a larger speaker and got something in there, or, you, or you're missing the plastic door liner, uh, things like that. Sometimes there's a, even a foam baffle on the back of the speaker that, that's supposed to be there. And if it's not, chances are that speaker's getting rained on, it's getting water, it's getting dust, and debris, and you want to go ahead and just clean it up as best you can. Don't hose it down. Maybe a damp cloth would be a good idea. 
Uh, but get in there and refresh those electrical connections, those audio connections on the back of the speaker. Well, that's just about it, guys. I told you it'd be a quick one. Here's a few tips, so hopefully it'll help you out. Uh, remember, dielectric grease will be your friend. Go get a tube and save yourself some time and some money, hopefully, in the future. Hope this helps. Thanks for listening. The electrical and audio tip segment is intended for entertainment purposes only and not to be used as professional advice or as instructional guidance. Any attempts to use information provided in this segment are done at your own risk. Electrical and audio repair, troubleshooting, or installation is best left to trained and certified professionals. Well, guys, that's another show, and I uh, hope you didn't mind the uh, the no uh, interview format today. But it's uh, you know it's the Thanksgiving weekend, and it's been kind of hard to get people lined up. Josh, uh, sure, I'm glad you were able to join us again this week, and uh, weren't out of town with your Thanksgiving things. Oh, yeah. No, I'm going to be here virtually every holiday. I'm glad to be here and glad to be a part of this, Tony. So thanks for thanks for having me on and thanks for making me a part of this. Oh, no, it's uh, wonderful. Thank you. So um, I also want to thank you for your electrical and audio tips segment. And uh, I've used the dielectric grease before, but <laughs> wasn't quite sure if I was doing it right. I seem to be getting contact afterwards. So <laughs> it was it was it was good to at least know how to properly use that. Yeah. Hey, as long as you're not putting it on your toothbrush, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> so teeth. Okay. Good, good safety note. Not for toothbrush. Yeah. Do not mix it up with your toothpaste folks. <laughs> well, for Josh, this is uh, Tony Motoroy on xjtalk.com and uh, North, Northwest 99 XJ for Josh. And uh, until next week, guys uh, have a uh, safe uh, week and hopefully, uh, the Thanksgiving God was good to you. Big Jim 350. Bye. You know I could just scab for hours.